Well, Mike, we've we've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> There's been yeah. a lot that has happened in the past. Uh, well, since the last episode of Enough, for sure, um, and even since my my appearance on the Bro Show yesterday. Yeah, we kind of had to to, to sneak this episode in, didn't we? Really? Yeah. Well, we had an episode in the can, ready to go. We had to had to yank it to talk about this because, mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I think. Pretty much non-arguably, the biggest news in Apple history. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I, mean, I can't, I can't think of any other news that, you know, some might say, well, the first time Steve Jobs, oh, not really, no. Well, that might have been the biggest to that point, but this eclipses to that, that point. But this, this eclipses that because the, yeah, you know, the, the, the. The history of Apple since Steve Jobs' return has been like nothing the world has ever seen. Mm. And uh, uh, I don't think that that's an understatement. I mean, he basically brought a company that was on the verge of collapse. I mean, literally, uh, I, I forget, I recently read this. They had like, you know, 30 days, basically, of life left in them when he returned or something like that, or 60 or, I mean, it was a relatively short time and it was measured in days that Apple would have been able to continue to make payroll and things like that. Um, and so he came back to a company on his deathbed, mm-hmm. tagging along another company that, you know, while innovative, Next was, you know, obviously innovative, and everything that has been done since his return has been based upon the work done there. Uh, but. It was not like they weren't rolling in cash, and uh, you know, brought it to be the most profitable company in the world. Yeah, vying to be the biggest by the by, mar- by market, market cap. cap. Yes, the biggest by market cap. And, uh, you know, if, you know, if, if someone's got to step down somewhere, he sure picked a pretty good place to do it. Yeah. Uh, the pinnacle of, of, of a career. Yeah. So uh, for, for those who have been on their digital sabbaticals uh, <laughs> since our last episode and, and such, uh, let's just recap. <laughs> Steve Jobs, uh, yesterday, uh, at the end of day, uh, tendered his resignation as, uh, as CEO of Apple. He will remain chairman of the board. Well, he's, he's become... He's become chairman yeah. of the board. Wasn't he chairman of the board before? I don't believe so. Or, really? Or if he was, for some reason... The board had to vote on him being chairman of the board. Uh, 
there was this this was why well, this is what I was reading yesterday because I thought he was chairman of the board, but apparently he he had he has been elected as chairman of the board now. Yeah. Okay. With Tim Cook, who was COO, taking over as CEO. Right. And uh, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, that's the news. His successor uh, is Steve, Tim Cook, who was long, who has been long assumed to be the successor, who ha- has been running Apple pretty much in you know from a day to day operation standpoint since uh, the medical leave that Jobs announced two months ago. Uh, was that three months ago? Oh, it feels like longer than that. It may have been, but if it, well, he's been, he hasn't been around um, for most of this year. Yeah, okay. So, you know, he took a medical leave, he came back, he t- has taken another medical leave. Um, and I think it's fair to say that Tim Cook has been pretty much running Apple from a, you know, well, he was head of operations, so obviously from an operations standpoint, but also just, I think, you know, kind of from a day-to-day decision-making standpoint for some time now. Um, Apple's press release um, states Jobs Jobs has been elected chairman of the board and Cook will now join the board effectively, effective immediately. Yes. So I don't I assume he had a seat on the board but may not have been chairman of as CEO. Hmm, interesting. Um, I can't quite remember, so... Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, that's huge. It's huge news. And the tone of his letter did not necessarily sound like he wanted to make that decision. No. Um, the, the quote that I pulled out was, I have always said that if there came a day where, when I could no longer meet my duties and expectations as CEO, I would be the first to let you know. Unfortunately, that day has come, and it's it just seems like he's it's written with such reserve, um, and 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 you know it clearly is a decision he did not want to have to make, but did, um, and as John Gruber said yesterday on Twitter, he that once again he has been reminded that Steve Jobs is a remarkably good writer, because yeah. to, in that one sentence you can kind of garner his feeling, and it's a very simple sentence. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just it's, just the use of unfortunately that day has come. Just that 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 sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, let's be let's be honest here. His health has not been has not been great, uh, and uh, no, you would yeah. assume that. I mean, you know, we try and not talk about it in, in, in the Apple press, but if he was perfectly healthy he would not retire until the day he shuffled off his mall coil <laughs> he would have carried on because he loves it so much clearly so yeah. why would he you know and yeah. and yeah, we would naturally assume that his his place in the company now is probably the same as his place in the company has been all year really yeah yeah well that's one of the things that you know kind of gets me about all of this uh, you know Jobs post Apple punditry, you know, is that things have been running fine for the past year. Why would they not continue to run fine, uh, considering that the circumstances really, for those in the know, have not 
have not really changed that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that people using the the idea of all oh, the products are mapped out. I just think that's a bit of a foolish thing to say. Like to us to assume that Steve Jobs came up with all of the products doesn't make any sense like saying oh the products are mapped out like Steve sat there every day and came up with every possible idea well the products are mapped out by the people below him they're the people coming up with the ideas he's not coming up with every idea I'm sure he had many obviously Mm -hmm. but he's not the only person doing that right exactly and I mean not not the least of which the people under him Jonathan Ives right (laughs) Um, you know we should maybe worry if he was to go yeah, well, I'm sure had a huge effect on some of the ideas and some of the products, and especially, obviously, from the design standpoint. Mm. He, you know, I mean, uh, the iPhone 4 is almost completely, I mean, uh, the, it is Jonathan Ives, Jonathan Ives' love letter to Dieter Roms, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, it, 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 there's, there's no secret there, right, uh, of who... You know who came up with that design, and uh, a skill. I God, I read this great uh, post. I'm I'm forgetting who it was, and it was actually posted on Google Plus of all places. Um, the guy's first name was Vic. Uh, Vic Kundutra. Uh, ah, Vic Kundutra wow. is the senior VP of um, Android, I believe, and mobile development. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Oh no, he. Ma- right. I think he was. I think he's now social media. It's either one or the other, right? But you know, he wrote this great post about Steve Jobs calling him on a Sunday, calling his cell phone directly on a Sunday at church, uh, because he wasn't quite happy with the gradient on the yellow in the O in Google. Would you like to know the? Uh, I've got a transcript here of the voicemail message that Steve Jobs left. On Vic oh. and Dutra's phone. So, Vic, Lovely. we have an urgent issue, one that I need to get addressed right away. I've already assigned someone from my team to help you, and I hope you can fix this tomorrow. I've been looking at the Google logo on the iPhone, and I'm not happy with the icon. The second O in Google doesn't have the right yellow gradient. It's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wrong, and I'm going to have Greg fix it tomorrow. Is that okay with you? <laughs> But I think that that is a testament. And, and here's the thing. There there are hundreds of these stories. Yeah, right? It's one of my Thousands favorite things probably. today has been um, all of the stories all over Twitter and stuff of, of, of things that Steve did, all these crazy little things that people would catch him doing, or these answers yeah. to questions in, in big town hall meetings and stuff. Have, have I ever told you the... Uh the uh, IDVD story, the, the uh, yeah, the IDVD story. I don't think so. Oh, um, well, here's here's a Steve Jobs story, secondhand, I will add. Um, but uh, I have a friend who used to work directly under Steve Jobs, <clears throat> um, at least uh, in his role. You know, organizationally he didn't, but uh, because of what he was doing at the time. Um, he was in direct communication. Uh, he was with. In, he was in a dra- direct regular communication with Steve, um, and uh, he was the head of pro apps um, at Apple. And he, uh, uh, when he first came to the company, uh, 
after a, a purchase by Apple of uh, technology from the company he was at previously. Um, uh, one of the things out of this technology that uh, Steve you know, immediately tasked him with doing was to create a uh, easy DVD uh, burning app, uh, iDVD, that they wanted to add to their iLife suite. <laughs> and so, you know, it says, you know, whatever resources you need, you know, just take them, you know, the, you know, you've got three weeks or however long it is, let's, let's get it done, see you back here in the conference room, and you can show me what you've come up with. It's like, okay. So, you know, he assembles a team, and they go at it, and they write up this nice, detailed product spec about how it's going to work and how everything is going to be easy and simple, all this other stuff. And so, you know, the day comes, and they gather in the the executive conference room, and they've got a presentation to present to Steve, and they've got, you know, printouts of of the spec for him and to look at for everyone to review and this, that, and the other. Steve walks into the room, just walks right past anybody without saying a word, walks straight up to the whiteboard, draws a, draws a square on the whiteboard and draws a couple other things and a, a great big button that says burn and writes burn on it. And then he turns around and he says, that's IDVD. That's what we're building. <laughs> walks out of the room. <laughs> Of course, weeks of work just scrapped, and you know they they built what Steve wanted built. Um, and you know, I, I th- there's a part of me that that you know that wonders, you know, was that a test? Did he, you know, was that him just showing these, you know, this new guy kind of how the world was going to work? Um, My boss is kind of like that, but in a non-visionary way. <laughs> Sometimes she asks me to put presentations together that she never has any want of seeing she just asked me to put them together to see if i'll do it true story (laughs) oh man well i I mean and you know i i think when i think more and more about that story i think what actually happened was you know steve had a vision he had a vision for how you know he he, he went to bed one night and woke up and said wait i've got it i know how i dvd should work you know, and after he had sent people off on the task of coming up with something or whatever, he came up with what he felt was the way, the perfect way. And at that point, nothing anyone else had really mattered. Um, it, you know, he he just because it was irrelevant at that point. What's the use in having, you know, making these guys go through a big presentation and all this other stuff just to tell them, you know what, guys, I've changed the game plan. I'm sorry I didn't know this two weeks ago, but I had a dream, and this little birdie told me that this is the way that iDVD should be built. So go back to the drawing board and build me this, please. Thank you. You know? But, you know, as we know, Steve Jobs believes in the economy of words. Um, And usually he sells short. (laughs) So, So, I mean... What what about the next keynote? Do you think he'll be there? Do you think he'll come on for the standing O? I have no idea. Do you hope that... I kind of hope he will. Everybody hopes he would. Do you think that it will be like the whole, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, I had to come out of retirement for this one kind of thing? Like, you know how with the iPad 2, 
Mm-hmm. He hadn't been mm-hmm. doing presentations, and, and but well, and he was technically on medical leave, yeah, right? And he was like, I, yeah. I couldn't stay off for this. Right? Do you reckon he could maybe do something like that? Not necessarily for the iPhone five, but for some other other big thing. Yeah. Well, is that other big thing? That's the question, right? Because uh, I've been thinking about this. Yeah. I, I know you're, you know, maybe tired of hearing this, but uh, I said it on the bro show yesterday. Apple thinks and works and operates two to three years ahead of everybody else. They, they just do. They they don't think about what's out there selling now uh, any more than they have to. What they're thinking about is the next big thing, and not the next big thing, but the next big thing after the next big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because they are skating to where the puck is going to be, and they're not concentrating on where it is. Um, and with that said, if you don't believe that they've got products very close to ready to go certain things that might be nice big splashes pretty much ready to go now or with a few weeks notice you're crazy you're fooling yourself right Mm -hmm. i mean they would be crazy not to um and uh so yeah i guess a part of me wonders like okay Let's, you know, let's make this change, make this move, let Tim Cook get in there and let people start wondering about what a post-Steve Jobs Apple is going to be like. And we've been and then, seeing some of this, I think. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Gruber wrote a very good piece, as he always does, and he was talking about in the last keynote how he could see, and he said it at the time, this is the first post-Steve keynote because right. the amount of uh, on-stage time that Steve Jobs had uh, was minimal. Was very minimal. Now, what keynote would that have yeah. been? Would that have been the iPad two? No, that was iPhone this, five. Uh, the I- iOS five. Sorry, the iOS iOS five. five. Yeah, iOS five. WWDC. Lion. Yeah, yeah, Lion. WWDC. That's the one. Thank you for mm-hmm. that. But yeah, because yeah. he had all of the different product heads on stage. Yeah. You know, we've seen Scott Forstall on stage. You know, he's been on stage quite a lot. Schiller is always there. Uh, Schiller's been mm-hmm. doing it for years. Schiller's. Shilla, More than just a, goof, a, a goofy the, sidekick who's on the other side of iChat. <laughs> yeah, or, or jumping from very high uh, <laughs> buildings onto big cushion to show off. Was, was was he showing off Wi-Fi or the fact that the hard drive clammed up? Uh, I, 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 One yeah. of them two things. <laughs> if you have no idea what we're talking about, just Google <laughs> Phil Schiller jump iBook and you'll get a, you'll get a YouTube video of, of something just crazy you're going to have to but, do it yourselves this week we haven't got the time for show notes because we want to get this one right. out quickly well but here here's the thing I wanted to point out right let's say they do have something big to announce let's say you know yeah the, the iPhone 5 is going to have a one more thing I even speak, I think even still even then Steve would know that the power play is not to be there, but to let Tim Cook yeah, introduce exactly. all that out. He can't. He right? can't leave and then continue to talk about all the cool things because well, then all the cool things just remain linked to Steve. Right, and not only that, but also he can't leave, put Tim Cook in charge, and then keep showing up and stealing his thunder. <laughs> yeah, he can't. He right. can't do that. But, exactly. But Tim Cook has not been known to present um if you go to minimal mac 
Um, and uh, one of the posts I put up today was a look back of other things I had uh, linked to about uh, Tim Cook. Um, and the name of that piece is It's the Culture, and we will talk about that word in a second because it is popping up everywhere today, um, and uh, I want to explain why um, once again. But uh, there is a, amongst the links on that piece at the bottom, there is a link to Tim Cook speaking at the Goldman Sachs Technology and Internet Conference in 2010. And it's a really, it's a really good keynote speech. It's, it's really good. Um, his style is different than Steve's, obviously. Uh, one of the things that, that you know has been noted about Tim Cook is he's very much this kind of southern gentleman. He's got this kind of slow southern style of delivery. Um, other things that uh, have been mentioned about him is that he's also one of these people that, when asked a question, he's silent for a few minutes and then answers. Because he, he, he takes the time to listen and to think about it and to form an answer before speaking. Um, and so that even adds to that kind of slow, uh, slow, uh, methodical, gruff kind of Southern style that he has. Mm -hmm. But um, I think if you want to get a, a peek into how he may be as a, as a speaker and as a presenter, um, that's a good place to start. As long as he's easier to understand than Jean-Louis Gasset, then I think we'll be fine. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, just before we, we talk about the culture thing, I think something that may be worth noting is Apple's success these days could be directly linked to the deals that Tim Cook was able to make with a lot of the parts manufacturers because if it wasn't oh, for the yeah. deals that he has oh, tied yeah. down then Apple would not yeah. be selling the iPad for the price that they can sell it at yeah yeah and it's and it also is directly uh, related to why others can't sell the iPad yep. for the price that because Apple can walk in and say um we're going to give you $20 billion for the next 100 well, yeah. years. Well, or, 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 you know, in the case of the iPad, you know, they kind of knew up front, we're going to need, we're going to sell 45 million of these in 60 days. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not just going to buy flash memory. We're going to buy all the flash memory. We're not just going to, you know, have uh, one chip fabricated. We're going to have... You know, we're just going to start doing it ourselves. We're going to buy right. a fabricator. We're, 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 we're right, exactly. And the um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, Tim Cook's greatest skill is his ability to organize and negotiate the supply chain, and to go in and to get deals and to get get these Asian manufacturers and these uh, um, and providers to be able to deliver on the promises that Apple makes and to uh, and to deliver at a cost that is 
I mean, just no one can do that, right? Mm-hmm. What, what would happen if HP walked in and said, no, uh, we're pretty confident in the touchpad, uh, so we're going to need, you know, 45 million uh, chips, you know? Yep. Uh, they just wouldn't have done it. They're, they don't make that kind of play. Because Number one, they're, they're just not in the position mm-hmm. to. Number two, it's a, it's a market that is completely untested because, <clears throat> I'll repeat this again, that market doesn't belong to them. It is Apple's market. They built it. It is the iPad market, not the tablet market. I digress. But, yeah, I mean, you see what I'm getting at, right? No one is willing to make the plays that Apple is willing to make. And another, another fine piece that uh, I have uh, mentioned before, um, uh, uh, Amalik writing uh, for, uh, for um, what was he writing for? Um, oh, thank you, Gigaom. <laughs> of course, his site. Um, talks about this uh the pull quote i used uh and almost all okay uh they're not afraid to invent the future and to be wrong and almost always willing to do one small thing cannibalize itself i mentioned this on the bro show yesterday before any of this even broke right Mm -hmm. um under steve apple was happy to see the iphone kill the ipad iPod and the iPad killed the MacBook. He understands that you don't walk into the future by looking back. If you do, you'll trip over yourself and break your nose. Just look at Hewlett Packard and you'll know what I'm talking about. And, and that's exactly it, right? When Apple goes, they go all in, even if it means killing one of their products. They have no problem eating away their own market. Because the way they figure it is a it's a win-win game, right? Mm-hmm. No matter which way you cut it, they win. And so they have no problem, well, like they're likely going to, about to do to the 15-inch Mac Pro. Or, I'm sorry, it's not the 15-inch it's the yes. Mac Pro. The, fir- the 13-inch MacBook Pro. 15, like they're, yeah. They got rid of the 13. Fir- the 13's gone. Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. The 13 is gone. My bet is the 15 is next. Yeah. Yeah. The, 15, the, the 15, they have no problem walking in and say, you know what? We now have a 15-inch MacBook Air. We no longer have a 15-inch MacBook Pro. Thank you very much for playing. Have a good day. I'll call it the MacBook Air Pro. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever <laughs> they call it. No, for branding, they'll call it the 15-inch MacBook Air. Yeah. That's exactly what they'll do. And that way they'll have, they'll have a three-model you know, three offering. You can buy the 11-inch, the 13, or the 15, and the 11-inch comes in two configurations, the 13 and 2, and the 15 and 2, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's your high, middle, low. That's uh, how they've always liked to play it, play it, and you can customize it from there. Um, and so uh, I really think that... Um, yeah, yeah, that that's one of the keys to Apple's success is not only locking up the chain, but also not being afraid to completely cannibalize their own their own sales and yeah. their own markets. Um, th- there's no other company I can think of that is that bold, that's willing to to gamble like that and it is those sorts of gambles that they understand not only make them highly profitable and successful and what whatnot but even more so it makes others afraid to come to the table because 
if Apple's it's, it's poker, right? If Apple's going all in, if you know if the guy across the table takes his chips and says, "I'm going all in," that you either have to have a perfect hand or you have to fold altogether. There's no there, there's no two ways about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because the only you're only you're only up is to go all in yourself, right? And one of you is going to walk away from that table broke. And so I, 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 to a large extent, think that sometimes Apple's, Apple makes these moves not just because they end up winning no matter what, but also it, it scares people away. It scares others from, from making those kinds of moves in the market. Mm-hmm. So, oh, let's get back to the news at hand, which uh, you know, because I really do want to talk about the want to talk about the culture. Um, yeah. Uh, because that is that's the greatest thing that Steve Jobs has built at Apple. I don't care, iPad iPhone, all of these things that have changed the world, all of them pale in comparison to the culture he built at Apple. And of all the people that I have met and and know that work for, work for Apple, whether it be the retail associate on the floor, um, the the several geniuses I know behind the bar, um, a couple of which I personally taught. Like they know everything they know about Mac up until the point they got hired by the Genius Bar, uh, <laughs> because because they 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 worked under me when I was at uh, Carleton College. They're you know former student workers of mine, and now they're Apple geniuses. And now they know far more than I do because well they do this stuff every day. Um, but even then, even even those people who came to me for a reference, you know, I had to tell them that, well, I'm more than happy to give them a reference. That's not going to get them the job. Like, I could make a few phone calls and say, no, this person's a good per- person, and but that still won't get them the job because Apple doesn't hire based upon this stuff. Mm-hmm. This stuff is icing on the cake. What Apple really hires is whether or not you will be able to fit into the culture. Because if you can't, you're not going to last very long anyway. A very specific way of doing things. And it's like a family. It's like they build this family and, and, and everyone seems to... They all seem like they're singing from the same hymn sheet at all times. Yeah, but it's more than that. It's... And you know the, the 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 couple of people I'm talking about have this too. It's this dissatisfaction with normal, this inability to do anything at a hundred percent. It always has to be 110, 120, 130. But even still, they're not even looking at that metric, right? Mm. You know, I, I've, I've related this story before. I'll relate it again for anyone who hasn't heard it before. But a, a friend of mine who is, uh, is an Apple employee 
um, we were discussing kind of this very thing one day, you know, uh, but more specifically to him. I said, you know, well, you know, you, you're kind of one of these people that, you know, you're always like operating 150%. And I can see why Apple, you know, loves you so much and why you're such a good fit there because you're always operating on a level that is so much higher than anyone else in the room. Uh, you know, and uh, that, you know, you, you really, you really push the envelope. And he's like, what envelope? See, I don't believe in envelopes. The moment you start believing in an envelope, you, you're placing limits on yourself, and I don't believe in those. I don't believe in limits. I don't believe in impossible. I just strike it from, from any reality of mine, and I go in and I give it. I, you know, I make it happen. And, you know, this is a guy who is responsible for, um, let's just say, uh, some of Apple's largest sales and biggest clients. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and he has been successful in, in areas that even other people at Apple, companies that other people at Apple have been trying to hammer away at for years and have never really gotten anywhere. He somehow finds the, you know, he, he has this innate ability to find the right person and connect with them. And to just simply sit down and ask a few questions and walk away with a deal. And, uh, you know, because no one bothered to, even those people who said, oh, I've, you know, we've been at that for five years. We've, they're, they're never going to buy it. They, they just want to talk. They, they, they never, you know, they don't have any plans to move on anything. Oh, that's, that's shark bait for him. <laughs> that's, that's chum <laughs> in a water, <laughs> you know, he, you know, he'll believe it if, if, you know, if anyone says that to him, if anyone says something is impossible, he will go out of his way to prove that it's not. <laughs> it's just a different way of working to the average person. Uh, it generally is. And, um, you know, I would like to say that, uh, you know, well, yeah, he's, he's unique within it. No. Apple is full of those people from the top to the very bottom. Full. Just everybody I've ever met from Apple has been inspirational. I, I, I'm not saying that lately. Um, and so this is the reason why Steve Jobs, as CEO, and even after that passes, as big of an influence as he was and as important as he was, it's the organization that he put in place that now it operates like a machine. He built a machine. And just like any machine, you put stuff in on one end and results come out the other. And that's the machine he built. And that machine will never go away as long as the as long as the ethos and the people and come in and are able to fit into that culture. As long as you don't break that machine with 
substandard parts, that machine will just continue to operate no matter who you put at the top, put in charge of running it. Said very well, my friend. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, it's an exciting ride. I've, um, you know, in my style, I've been curating lots of content around this at Minimal Mac, and will continue to do so. Um, I'm trying to, <laughs> you know right now is such an echo chamber um i'm trying not to add to the noise i'm trying my best to add value um and i'm you know so i've kind of slowed down a little bit because i'm starting to feel like okay i even i'm getting tired of hearing this stuff (laughs) but you know it's historic for anyone who's a fan of this stuff for anyone who's a fan of business for anyone who's a fan of Enterprise, and for anyone who's just a fan of a good classic rags to riches tale, uh, this this is this is great stuff. This is the stuff that operas are written for. Let's just hope that the uh, I Steve book gets an extra chapter to to include this well, stuff because that's going to be that's going to be some book. Yeah. Well, uh, interestingly enough, um, I, I noted actually Aaron uh, pointed me to Aaron Mankey, uh, Wet Frog Studios. He does the design for Minimal Mac and for my book. He's also a fantastic writer, um, uh, has a couple of books of his own. You should buy them, especially if you like sci-fi fantasy stuff. But Aaron clued me into uh, the fact that uh, publication date moved up publication date was January it's now saying November oh sweet I'll take it if it's early even if it doesn't have that on there yeah the fact that it moved up is interesting to me it may have already been in there the fact that it moved up is interesting to me that's all I'm going to say <laughs> so vague so uh, so we, we've, we, this is a, a longer than normal episode. Uh, thank you very much to our listeners for uh, giving us your time for this special episode and for waiting for it since we pulled the original episode uh, to, for this one. And uh, yeah, we'll all talk later. Cheers. Cheers, mate.